one of the most pivotal tenets of the Buddha's teachings is that all that we are begins with our thoughts. The Buddha said, all that we are begins with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. It's the first passage in the Dhammapada. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Speak or act with an impure mind, and trouble will follow you, as the wheel follows the ox that draws the cart. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Speak or act with a pure mind, and happiness will follow you as your shadow, unshakable. So, our practice is a practice of transformation. It's a practice that we, uh, that we engage in so that we can bring about change in our lives. Uh, goodness knows uh, we wouldn't be going through all the hard work that we go through as Dharma students uh, if we weren't uh, concerned with changing. We want to change. We want a greater happiness in our lives. Uh, so one of the most important elements of this process of change uh, entails changing the way that we think. This is one of the most important elements of our mental training so we, we practice mental training here. Meditation is a form of mental training. The Pali word is uh, bhavana, mental training. Mental training where, uh, as we often talk about, uh, we are engaged in this process of uh, abandoning unskillful mental qualities uh, and cultivating skillful mental qualities, abandoning the actions that are uh, derived from unskillful mental qualities and cultivating action that's derived from skillful mental qualities. Thinking is actually a form of action, mental action. Uh, so thinking is, is interesting because, I mean, it's so pivotal because it's a form of action, something that we're doing, but it's also, uh, 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 it also drives other forms of action such as our speech, such as our deeds. So this practice of changing the way that we think, of mental training, uh, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a noble endeavor, you know, it's the best way to describe it. It's a noble endeavor. Uh, what, did, what did Goethe say? You know, noble tasks are as, as difficult as they are rare. You know, difficult as they are rare. So uh, the process of mental training, of changing the way that we think, uh, begins uh, with the association with wise beings. So this is, of course, uh, how the path in many ways begins as we associate with wise beings. In good part, what this means uh, is in, in terms of learning to change the way that we think is that we associate with beings who are going to be able to teach us how to think in a more skillful way, to provide guidelines for skillful speech and teach us skills through which we can develop a skillful thinking, guidelines for skillful thinking, 
uh, and skills through which we can develop skillful thinking. So, you know, the Buddha really laid out those guidelines over 2,600 years ago. Uh, people have been following those guidelines for skillful thinking and developing those skills for thousands of years. Uh, you know, as teachers, our job is to just pass that on. You know, that's what's called the true Dhamma, is to pass that on. You know, it's like, it's like I am not about reinventing the wheel, you know? It's like, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, teachers get to that point, you know, sometimes quite early in their tenure as teachers where they decide, they get a little bored with what the Buddha said and they decide they want to reinvent the wheel. That's a little problematic. Uh, you know, we don't try to reinvent the wheel. We try to pass on uh, what the Buddha taught. At least that's what we do in this tradition. So we associate with wise beings, uh, beings who uh, can teach us or show us the guidelines uh, for skillful thinking, who to some extent embody that way of thinking. Uh, this is the Dharma. You know, we, we associate with beings who are going to uh, pass on the Dharma. Uh, it's very important who we associate with. It's very important who we associate with. And then, of course, uh, it's not enough just to associate uh, with beings who are going to be able to pass on the Dharma to us. We have to actually listen. You know? So the Buddha breaks this down. You know, there's the association with wise beings, and then there's the listening to the Dharma. Uh, and then there's the putting it into practice putting it into practice. So first we have to find beings who are going to uh, pass on the teaching to offer us the guidelines, the templates for skillful thinking. Uh, we have to listen to them. Uh, we have to put it into practice, or at least, you know, we try it. You know? And that was always the Buddha's injunction. He never said, do this. He said, try it. Try it. See if it works. If it leads you to a greater happiness, then you probably want to keep doing it. If it doesn't, We'll see, you know, take, take good care, uh, try to find something else. But, you know, uh, you know, what he found was if we learn to think in these ways, this will lead us to greater happiness. So the suggestion is to think in these ways, to train yourself to think in these ways, and this will lead you to happiness in life. So, uh, so it's a doing, you know, and it begins with that idea of trying, uh, you know, the process of, uh, of learning to think in a different way is extraordinarily challenging, you know, it's extraordinarily challenging, you know, uh, it's much easier to, uh, you know, uh, train the body, you know, we talk about this a lot, it's much easier to go to the gym, you know, it's much easier to to learn to do a lot of other things, to actually change the way that you think is, is very challenging. But it's something that we can do. It's something we can do. It's challenging uh, uh, because, uh, you know, in order to implement a different way of thinking, you know, we're, we're coming up against the way that we've thought all of our lives. You know, there's nothing that we've done in our lives that we've done more than we've thought, you know? I mean, it's the thing that we do the most. It's the thing that you do the most, you know, and you're doing it all the time. So for all of your life, you've been thinking in a certain way. 
you know, and, and, you know, thinking is karmic, right? Thoughts arise in the mind out of your past karma, you latch onto them, and you follow them. You know, what we're learning to do is thoughts arise out of past karma. We question them, whether or not we want to follow them, and we learn to cultivate a skillful way of thinking if the thoughts that are arising out of our past karma we discern aren't skillful. But, you know, there's this past karma, this lifetime of thinking, which, dare I say, for most of us, unless we've had, you know, lots of good mental training, and also all of us have had some extent, to some of it to some extent, probably, in the different ways that we've learned to think more skillfully, we're coming up against this lifetime of karma, this way that we've been thinking all of our lives. Uh, but that is something that you can change. You know, that is something that you can change. Uh, it requires learning the skill. So that's just kind of what I delineated. You know, hearing the Dharma, learning the skill, putting it into practice and being persistent. You know, and just being persistent. And the key to changing the way that you think uh, is persistence. You know, the key to cultivating this talk today is more about cultivating skillful thinking. Uh, and the key to that is persistence. You know, it's persistence. It's staying with it. It's staying with it. We learn, as Dharma students, skillful ways to think. If we think in these ways, these thoughts are skillful because they'll lead us away from suffering and to a greater happiness in life. So if we learn to think in these ways, that the teachings, the Dharma, uh, the experience of beings for thousands of years has shown us, if we learn to think in these ways, this will lead us to a greater happiness. So there's some basic, basic guidelines. You know? I'm not going to go through all of them today. You know, this is what we do all of these weeks. You know, but we learn to think thoughts of loving kindness, thoughts in support of the wish that we have to be happy and the wish that we have for others. We learn to think thoughts of compassion, thoughts in support of our wish to be free from suffering and the wish that we have for other beings. Uh, we learn to think thoughts of generosity. We learn to think thoughts of non-harming We learn to think thoughts of uh, renunciation. You know, thoughts of renunciation is interesting. Uh, I actually thought about talking about that today uh, uh, and decided not to, but you know, maybe at some point down the future, I'll, in the future, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, thinking imbued with renunciation. Uh, but you know, thoughts of renunciation are you know, thoughts along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, uh, asking, is it in my best interest to be engaging in these different sense pleasures? Uh, uh, are there benefits in that? Uh, am I better served not engaging in this sense pleasure or that pleasure? Uh, what activity in terms of how I spend my time is going to be in my best interests in the service of knowing a greater happiness. You know, engaging in this pleasure, sense pleasure, sense experience, or taking some other course. Now that's counter to thoughts of non-renunciation would be a thought like, if I get that new cell phone, I'll be really happy. 
you know? That's a thought of non-renunciation, right? You know, if I watch this show on Netflix tonight, I'm going to be really happy. That's a thought of non-renunciation. And then there's thoughts of appreciation, which I thought would be what I would focus on today, thoughts of appreciation. So, you know, we begin with some right view, right? Right view is that if I think thoughts that are skillful, this will lead me to happiness. Right view is just what the Buddha is stipulating in the Dhammapada. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. If we think in a skillful way, this will lead us to happiness. Uh, so we start with right view. We put that to the test. And right view, that understanding that skillful thinking does lead us to happiness, grows over time as we learn to think that way. So we start with some uh, basic premise or a guiding principle. And then there's resolve, right? We make a resolve. You know, and the resolve in terms of skillful thinking is really important, you know? Uh, you know, with like a lot of things in life, uh, if, you, if you're resolved to do it, you, you've got a bit better chance of doing it, you know? So, uh, you know, if you listen to this talk on cultivating skillful thinking and say, eh, maybe I'll give it a shot, you know? Or, eh, I don't think I can do that, you know? You got no shot, right? You're not going to do it. But if you listen to this talk and you, and, you know, and you say, you know what, I'm going to resolve to think in a more skillful way. You know, I'm going to make a strong, you know, it all begins with, with, with that sense of resolve, right? Anything in life. You know what, I'm going to run the marathon this year. You know, you're not going to run the marathon if it's like, eh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a little running. And, you know, and, you know, and maybe when November comes around, you know, I'll, I'll go to do the marathon. No, you make a strong resolve. You get out there and you run every day, right? You know, uh, it's the same thing with all of these processes that we're engaged in as, as Dharma students. So, you know, we make this resolve to think in a more skillful way. Now, of course, that develops over time. I'm much more resolved to cultivate thoughts of appreciation than I ever have been, you know, because I understand that that's a path to happiness. Uh, but, you know, there has to be, so it's one thing, you know, it's like, what's my resolve? You know, there's a real gap between... Uh, you know, coming to the class, listening to the talk, and then making a resolve, right? And then putting it into action. So we make a resolve to think thoughts of appreciation, to think thoughts that are skillful, to abandon unskillful thoughts, and then we put it into practice. Now, a great training ground for that practice, as we talk about all the time, is the meditation, right? So the meditation is a process in which we're developing concentration, but we're also learning to think skillfully. So it's the old proverbial killing two birds with one stone. You know, in order to develop concentration, we have to use thinking in a skillful way. So uh, we're using thinking in the service of developing concentration, but we're also using thinking in meditation in the service of learning how to think skillfully. So intention, right? We start with intention. Right? We start with brightening the mind, cultivating appreciation. As we go through the meditation, we're learning to think in a skillful way. A lot of it in the meditation is in the service of uh, compassion, loving kindness, thoughts of uh, what we need to do to develop concentration. That's thoughts of the path, uh, thoughts of renunciation in terms of the thoughts that arise that aren't skillful. Uh, 
So the meditation is a great training ground for skillful thinking, which is why we strongly encourage any serious Dharma students not to use guided meditations because you're not training your mind to think in a skillful way. Uh, you're, you're listening to somebody else who ostensibly has developed some skill in training their mind to think in a skillful way, but you have to internalize that, you know? The only way that you internalize that is by doing it yourself, you know? by actually fabricating. That's why we're, we really emphasize being proactive with your fabrication in meditation, you know? Finding that inner voice and letting it guide you through, and using it, using it, using it to guide yourself through the meditation. Uh, so, you know, we're learning that skill in the meditation, but, you know, we have to put it into practice in our lives, in all of our postures, in all of our activities, which means being proactive during the course of the day, just like we're learning to do in the meditation, in the service of cultivating skillful thoughts. So the, the term we use is fabrication. That's the Buddhist term, uh, Sankara, fabrication. You know, the, 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 the notion of fabrication is a, is, a, is a great notion, right? Sometimes a great notion. The Buddha had oftentimes a great notion. Uh, you know, because, you know, you're fabricating thoughts. You can fabricate any thought that you want right now. You know, you can fabricate a thought of, oh, this class is such a drag. I've heard this talk a million times. Or you can fabricate a thought, what a blessing it is to be here with these beings. Which thought brings you greater happiness? It doesn't matter if you heard the talk a million times. You know, you're going to suffer if you fabricate an unskillful thought, but you have to see that for yourself. You're going to move towards a greater happiness if you fabricate another thought right now. What a blessing to have this day and this opportunity to be alive and to be here with these beautiful beings and look at all these wonderful souls who are making this wholehearted effort as opposed to, oh, look at that one. Look at the one over there. Oh, oh look at that. You know, look, look at, look at, look at the wall. And, you know, there, you know, I, you know, why do they have that background? You know, it's all about what you fabricate. It's all up to you. You make the world with your thinking. All that we are begins with our thoughts. So we learn to cultivate thoughts of appreciation. This is one of the most important ways of thinking skillfully. We learn to cultivate thoughts of appreciation and we do this and we fabricate in this way as we go through the course of our day. So the guidelines, and most of you, are, again, have heard this a million times, so you're familiar with this teaching, there's certain guidelines, you know. It's like I always had a hard time developing appreciation, which to some extent is another word for gratitude, uh, uh, because I never, I, I never really knew how to do that, you know. I never, do, I never was able to do it in a way that really resonated in the heart, you know. Uh, and, you know, uh, but then I heard the Buddhist teaching and it worked. It was like, damn, you know, like I've been trying to develop gratitude and reflecting on these things, but it's kind of like, I'm not, it's not connecting. And then I heard the Buddhist teaching and I tried it and it connected. So like the Buddha was pretty smart about this stuff. You know, he knew what was going to connect you to the heart and the quality of joy in the heart. So it's basically what these thoughts comprise are thoughts 
uh, of appreciation that pertain to the blessing of our goodness and the goodness in the world. So we cultivate these thoughts uh, that, uh, that uh, acknowledge our goodness, that acknowledge our goodness. We learn to reflect, to recollect our goodness. So right now, you know, uh, you can recollect your goodness in just being here. Right? We talk about that a lot. You know, in the meditation, right? You know, reflecting on our goodness as it's exemplified in doing the meditation. We can just just touch in. See, during the course of the day, it's this process of just touching in. You know, I can touch into my goodness. I came here today. I could have done a lot of other things. I could have gone to that that Super Bowl party. You know, it's like people in Europe are like, what? What's he talking about? You know, uh, uh, I'm kind of that way too. You know, it's like, what? Super Bowl? Uh, so we can touch into that, uh, you know, blessing of our goodness as it's exemplified in being here today. We just touch in. So we learn as we go through our days to be on an ongoing basis. You know, this is the, this is the narrative. I, I talked about this the other night. Several of you were there. The, the, the DMC, the, the DM parentheses C uh, anniversary, 20th anniversary. How uh, uh, you know we're learning to cultivate a skillful narrative, right? We all have these narratives that we've lived our lives with. I'm a schmuck. Everybody else is an idiot. Some that's kind of mine. Uh, you know, some variation on that theme we may have. Uh, we're learning to craft a skillful narrative. We're learning to craft a skillful narrative. You know, I have I have a goodness, and it's shown in making this effort to train the mind. I have a hard time with the meditation. It's difficult. It's challenging. You know, uh, but I'm making the effort. This is my goodness, right? So we're learning to craft a narrative that includes uh, those thoughts, those thoughts about our goodness. Classically, and this is what the Buddha taught, when we reflect on our goodness, we reflect on our generosity, are not the way that we practice non-harming. Everybody here practices non-harming in a variety of ways, follows the precepts in a variety of ways. Nobody's perfect, but in reflecting on our goodness, we reflect on the ways that we've been able to follow the precepts, not to kill, not to steal, not to engage in illicit sex, not to lie not to take intoxicants that cause us to be heedless, other ways that we practice non-harming. And then the third element of our goodness is just what I've been talking about, our effort uh, and determination that we show in training the mind in abandoning what's unskillful and cultivating what's skillful. The Buddha said that's the greatest form of your goodness, is the effort that you make. And our goodness, you know, and I talk about this a lot, our goodness is found in the effort that we make, not the results, but the effort. You know, your goodness is found in the effort that you made to meditate. Your goodness is found in the effort that you make as you go throughout the course of your day to cultivate the heart, to cultivate the heart. So we reflect on our goodness. We reflect on the goodness of others. We reflect on the goodness of others. So many other beings who touch us uh, with their goodness, with their kindness. You know, we could go back to the Buddha and the monks and the nuns, all the people that we practice with, the people in our lives, the people that we meet as we go throughout the course of the day. All the beings, all beings, 
you know, have a have a have a have an inherent goodness, and you know, everybody's trying, or some people are trying more than others, and some people are uh, making more effort. But uh, you know, all beings have a wish to be happy, and uh, you know, are, are making some effort to to develop their goodness and find a greater happiness. But we can just reflect on the being the goodness of the beings that we know. Uh, and have touched us in some way uh, with their goodness. And there's the goodness of the Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha, the path, and the goodness of life or the preciousness of life. So this, these are the guidelines. You know, these are the guidelines. You know, I, mean, I, could, take, I could do a series of Dharma talks on each one, right? Uh, just, you know, just kind of just briefly going through that this morning, this afternoon, depending on where we are. Uh, you know, this is the template. As I said, when I learned this template, these ways of thinking, you know, then it just started to resonate for me. I mean, the short form of it is, you know, we reflect on our goodness and the goodness in the world. We reflect on our goodness and the goodness in the world. It's a process of, uh, you know, Tana Sarabiko talks about this a lot. It's a plot process of replacing, replacing the unskillful with the skillful. So we're replacing thoughts of non-appreciation. I'm no good. The world isn't any good. That person isn't any good, etc., etc., with thoughts of appreciation. I have a goodness. I'm making this effort. There is a goodness in the world. Look at these beings with, you know, who are, who are, who are demonstrating their goodness in being here today. Uh, so, you know, we replace thoughts of non-appreciation with thoughts of appreciation. The term that we talk about a lot, uh, and it really, to me, it's, it's it, in many ways, it's the key to this, this talk, is that it's, it's a touching in. It's something that we do throughout the course of our day, in all postures, in all activities, throughout the course of the day, on an ongoing basis. But you're just touching in, right? You're just touching in. You're touching in. You're remembering. You're remembering the goodness in yourself and the goodness in the world, the goodness in others, as you go through the course of your day. You're touching in, you're touching in, you're touching in as you go through the course of your day. Sometimes, you know, particularly when I first started teaching this, people would say, oh, it's a lot of thinking, you know? Gee, you're asking yourself to do a lot of thinking. You know, the mind is going to think, you know? The default state of the mind is to think. No matter what you do, the mind is going to think. You're not going to, uh, you're not going to get the mind to stop thinking. Uh, uh, and why would you want to do that anyway? The mind can serve you. You know, the mind that's trained will is what's going to lead you to happiness. So, a the mind is going to think. B you can put the mind to good use. The problem isn't that the mind thinks. The problem is is that we're not thinking skillfully. So the mind is going to think, and basically you have a choice. It can either be unskillful or skillful. So you're going to go out there today, uh, you know, when we end this class, and you're going to be thinking, you're thinking right now, it's either going to be skillful or unskillful, you know, for the most part. You know, I was once talking with Tanisara Pico about this. He said, well, some thoughts are more neutral. You know, it's like you're thinking like, you know, what subway should I take? That's more neutral. Nah, it's usually not for me. It's like, oh, that's, that train sucks, and this one's even worse, and I gotta work here, you know, and what a drag that I'm not closer to the train, you know? So, uh, so for the most part, thoughts are gonna be, you're gonna be thinking, thoughts are gonna be unskillful or skillful, so the way that you think is really important. 
You know, the way that you think is really important. So it's this process as you go throughout your day of remembering, remembering, remembering. The, the, the notion of touching in is, is a very useful touching, uh, a very useful notion. You have to fabricate, so it's proactive. And, uh, you know, you just keep fabricating these thoughts. This is, the, this is the primary rule of thumb for fabrication. You fabricate skillful thoughts, but you keep it very simple. You don't over-fabricate, right? Uh, if you, if you over-fabricate, the tendency is the mind gets tired and then you start going into unskillful fabrication. So, uh, you know, you fabricate a simple thought of, uh, you know, what a blessing it is to be alive today, and, you, and then you go to the breath. But if you, try, if you draw that out, what a blessing it is to be alive, oh, life is so great, and the mind gets tired, and start, nah, but there's this, there's that, there's this problem, there's that one. So you just keep it really super duper simple. A few words, and then the breath. A few words here, and then the breath. Touching in, touching in, touching in. In the Buddha, in giving this teaching to the householder, Mahanama, was teaching Mahanama to reflect on his goodness. In this passage, which many of you are familiar with, uh, he... Uh, teaches Mahanama to reflect on his good qualities, including his generosity. He says, Mahanama, you should develop this recollection of generosity while you are walking, while you are standing, while you are sitting, while you are lying down, while you are busy at work, while you are resting in your home crowded with children. You know? So, uh, you know, it, it, you know it, it, and what he's speaking to, of course, is it's not this formal, I'm gonna pause while I'm in my home crowded with children and reflect. No, it's part of the fabric of the day, right? It's the way that you're thinking as you go throughout your course of your day. You're training to think in this way as you go. It's organic, right? You're integrating, you're integrating. You're not compartmentalizing. You know, a lot of times people learn about gratitude or things like gratitude, concepts like gratitude, which of course is so important. I'm gonna make a gratitude list, you know? Great, you made a gratitude list. That took 20 minutes. What about the rest of the day? You know, it's very easy to write a gratitude. That could be a great start, and I'm not knocking it, but if all you're doing is making the gratitude list, eh, not gonna have that much benefit, you know? Uh, you've gotta integrate, you know, the gratitude list helps you think about, you know, is giving you a little bit of a template for things to think about throughout the course of the day. You've gotta be integrating this into your life throughout the course of your day, just like he says, to Mahanama, while you were walking, while you were standing, while you were sitting, while you were lying down, while you were busy at work, while you're resting in your home, crowded with children. So there's this quality of persistence, persistence. You're crafting this internal narrative, a skillful internal narrative. You know, when we think about our blessings, we align ourselves with the truth. When we think about our goodness, we align ourselves with the truth the truth of our goodness, the truth of the goodness in the world. The Buddha said to Mahanama in another passage uh, of one who does this, he's talking about one who cultivates thoughts of appreciation, of one who does this, it is said, among those who are out of tune, the disciple of the noble one dwells in tune. We're in tune with the truth. We're in tune with the truth of the goodness in the world. We're in tune with the truth of the goodness in others. We're in tune with the truth of the goodness in us. I mean, the truth is there's, 
there's goodness in the world. There's a lot of suffering and pain in the world, but there's a lot of goodness in the world. There's goodness in others. There's goodness in us. That's not the problem. The problem is that we don't see it. And even more of a problem, or adding on to that problem, is we don't acknowledge it. We don't reflect on it. We don't think about it. We don't think about it. As we cultivate these thoughts of appreciation, we're more able to see the goodness in ourselves and others and in life. I'll say that again. As we cultivate thoughts of appreciation, we become more able to see the goodness in ourselves and others in life. You know, we tend, as the Tibetans say, to kind of look at life through this very narrow lens that's been narrowed and narrowed and narrowed by our karma. So we're opening up and we're seeing, ah, you know, we're starting to acknowledge and see the goodness in the world, the goodness in the others, and the goodness in ourselves. And the more we cultivate these thoughts of appreciation, the more we come to see the truth of this goodness. I mean, the more we're also able to be with the truth of suffering. But that's another whole subject, because people say, well, this sounds like, you know, very, you know, optimistic, you know, to put it euphemistically, you know. Uh, I mean, we have to see the suffering in the world too, but if all we're seeing is the suffering in the world, it becomes too painful. The truth is, there's goodness in the world and there's suffering, you know. And we have to be able to see both in order to be able to understand uh, the suffering in the world. It puts us in position to be with and to meet the suffering in the world. So can we resolve to cultivate these thoughts of appreciation? Can we give it a try? You know, I mean, that's what the, Thai, the way the Thai Ajans like to put it. Why don't you give it a try? What have you got to lose? How has what you've been doing so far been working? You know, maybe you should try this. I mean, that's a classical approach in, in Thai Buddhism. Give it a try. Give it a try. See for yourself. See the benefits. When we cultivate these thoughts of appreciation, it leads us to the heart. Thoughts of appreciation lead us to the heart. We use the head, the thinking, to lead us to the heart, to the truth that's in the heart. Thoughts, uh, many of our thoughts lead us to suffering, and, you know, think about our definition of suffering, that which blocks the heart. A lot of our thoughts block the heart. Thoughts of appreciation lead us to the heart and open the heart. This is our, this is our task as Dharma students to, to open the heart. So when we cultivate these thoughts of appreciation, it leads us to the heart. Thoughts of appreciation lead us to the heart, to the quality of joy in the heart, the sublime abiding of joy. As the Buddha says in that passage to Mahanama, it will be in the notes, at any time when a disciple of the Noble Ones is recollecting generosity, his mind is not overcome with passion. In other words, his heart isn't blocked. Not overcome with aversion, not overcome with delusion. His mind heads straight based on generosity. And when the mind is headed straight, the disciple heads straight to the heart. And when the mind is headed straight, the disciple of the Noble Ones gains a sense of the goal, gains a sense of the Dhamma, gains joy connected with the Dhamma. So these thoughts of appreciation lead to joy and lead us to happiness of heart. <clears throat> 